You're listening to the Hippie Haven Podcast. I'm Callie, and it's my life mission to empower you with the knowledge and tools you need to spark positive change in your community. If you're new here, I'm the owner of Bestowed Essentials and Hippie Haven. I started Bestowed Essentials just over three years ago, and today our handmade, eco-friendly personal care and cleaning products can be found on the shelves of over 200 stores across the U.S. and Canada. Bestowed Essentials is one of the 15 winners of the Stacy's Rise Project Class of 2020, and we are also recognized by FedEx as one of their top 100 small businesses in the U.S. for two years in a row. In December 2019, my team and I opened Hippie Haven, a zero-waste store and community space in Rapid City, South Dakota. Of course, I also host this Hippie Haven podcast, and we release new episodes every Wednesday, which you can get instantly downloaded to your phone for easy listening by subscribing to the Hippie Haven podcast on any of the major podcasting apps. You can find the show notes and transcript for every episode on hippiehavenpodcast.com. You can also learn more about me on our website. You can follow along on Instagram at hippiehavenshop or subscribe to our YouTube channel to see more behind the scenes at both of our Earth Conscious companies. Today's episode is brought to you by The Futon Shop. The Futon Shop is a California family-owned company. They've been handcrafting natural and organic futon mattresses, bed mattresses, pillows, and sleep covers since 1976. All of their handcrafted organic futons and mattresses are made with 100% certified GOLS, GOTS, and USDA certified fibers, and they come with a 30-night comfort guarantee. Visit hippiehavenpodcast.com forward slash the futon shop to find your new mattress today. My guest today is Ivan Inspires. He was born and raised in the Bronx as one of four children who were exposed to harsh living conditions and subjected to a poor quality of life. Now, as the father of five, Ivan understands the true value of a dollar and the power of financial abundance in one's life. Ivan has dedicated his life to sharing what he's learned over the years in his pursuit of wealth. His latest project is the development of a children's wealth building program. Ivan believes that financial literacy should be fun for the entire family, so he created an exclusive board game and unique micro lessons to change the way children are taught financial literacy at home. So today we're talking about money mindset, when and how to start teaching children about money, and some tools to help children retain and understand the money lessons taught to them. Ivan, tell me about yourself and, you know, how you got started on this journey of teaching people about money management. Well, um, in terms of me, I've been an entrepreneur for quite some time. But, you know, even as a child, I had some interest in money. Uh, We didn't really have the talk in terms of um, financial literacy or anything like that. The closest I got to financial education was playing Monopoly with my my siblings. But, um, you know, as I reached adulthood, I realized how much I didn't know, you know. Um, so I kind of dived headfirst into entrepreneurship. Every time I learned something new regarding uh, money or investing or whatnot, I wanted to teach my friends and family. And I realized, like, regardless of what I told them, they didn't want to hear it. You know, it's almost like it was repelled. And um, it didn't take long before I realized that that's not for everyone, or at least maybe not in my circle. And uh, so I kind of just, like, accumulated all the information over the years. And um, I did realize that 
it wasn't just my friends and family. It happened all over the place. And I, I, I realized a lot of the, um, the negativity came from people's relationship with money. And a lot of this was passed down from their family <clears throat> in terms of how they view it. So to make a long story short, I decided to never be that type of parent, you know, like to give my children a really, really good relationship with money. So um, I created a program for my own children to be able to learn the information at a rapid pace and it worked like a charm. So I'm at the, I'm at the place right now where I'm ready to kind of like dish it out to the world. Um, in terms of, you know, what I do and what I've done, I've done many things in financial services, um, whether it was mortgage sales or life selling life insurance, uh, real estate, uh, stocks, I mean, a little bit of everything. And with all of my years of, of experience, I kind of gathered it all up and cr crammed it into that program that I just mentioned. So the reason why I created a program was initially for my children, but now handing it off to the public seems like the right thing to do since it since it worked like a charm i have such a huge passion in it i don't see why i would you know ever want to stop you're also so you're the author of three books and two of them are, are children's books so i'd love to learn more about what inspired you to write these books and the impact that they've had so far sure uh well the it's actually four books uh, the first one was a book that it was geared towards teaching adults that they shouldn't think purely of themselves. They should think more of their children. I mean, everyone thinks about their children, but I, when I meant their children, I meant like giving them a head start, giving them as big of a head start as possible. A lot of people, especially if, if they were raised in poverty, their goal is just to get their child a good education and kind of push them out into the real world. You know, just get them the education, have them move out. And then it's kind of like, good luck. You know, they, they don't, they're not really looking to like leave them behind any assets a business. Um, you know, it's just, again, every family is different, but I'm talking in terms of people that were raised in poverty, which is where I come from. And a lot of the mentality is just, you know, give them the bare minimum and get them out because a lot of people just want to move on with their lives. So the first book was geared towards giving anybody anybody, regardless of your situation, regardless of your background, your age, you know, what, what's in your bank account. I wanted to give everybody the way to be able to give their child a head start and to be able to shift their perspective from themselves to their, to their children and to think not just for the weekend, but for, you know, the future. So that first book did that. And I came up with a second edition recently to kind of like refine the message and make it so that it's applicable to everybody. Because I kind of limited just to Americans on the first version. So the second version was for like the whole world in mind and not just middle-aged adults, but even a 20-year-old could benefit from that first, well, from the second edition. So that's the, the main reason why I wrote those two. And as I mentioned before, the reason why I created that program was to teach children and it's because most adults don't want to hear it you know a lot of the, a lot of us have like a almost like a brick wall up when it comes to certain topics so the children's books although they are written for children i have adult lessons buried within them because you you know you got to think about it you know most children uh, are going to have the, the books read to them by their parents 
especially if it has like a, a meaningful message in, in it. So um, again, I, I'm, I'm writing children's books and uh, I'm doing it to, to basically make, make, uh, make sure that not only the child learns, but the parent learns as well. I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to come at it from a different angle. You know, um, I think it, it, it does make sense for me to do that because, um, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of people just don't want to hear it from another adult. Uh, I know everyone's different, but that's just my experience. Um, it, it does get a little harder as people grow older to teach them um, stuff that they've had an uncomfortable relationship with, especially money. At what age should we start talking to kids about finances and, and money management? And, and then how do we do that at age-appropriate levels? How does that conversation start and then continue as they grow older? I personally believe that you should teach them as young as possible. I mean, I started mine at four years old. Um, and the reason why is because money is something that you're going to have to deal with, whether you like it or not, your entire life. And um, the sooner you get comfortable with it, the easier the conversation is going to be. Uh, money is a tool, you know, it should be used for you and it should be used to help you create, you know, to create wealth. And more importantly, children should be taught to allow their money to make money for them, you know, make the money work for them. And a lot of that just doesn't get taught because some of the parents just don't know what to teach and they kind of expect the school system to do the job for them. And again, I'm not saying every parent is like this, but I'm, I'm talking about what's been the norm. And uh, if you don't know already, uh, you know, public education, they're not huge on financial literacy. It's just now coming around. And um, at the end of the day, in my opinion, they're not they're still not teaching them how to build wealth. Uh, the, 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 the attempts that are being made now is teaching them more about budgeting their their finances, you know, teaching them how to get out of debt and credit, but they're not really giving them the tools to, to create an empire. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what my program is teaching. It's to teach them to think huge, really big, and to, uh, you know, basically to shoot for the moon. You know, I mean, I, I don't see why you wouldn't, <laughs> why, why it wouldn't be beneficial. So, um, you know, back to the original question, as early as possible, four, five, six years old. That's when children absorb the information the most. You just have to give it to them in a way where it's going to be accepted. And that's why I created a game because nobody wants to, you know, be lectured. <laughs> yeah. When, when and how did you start teaching your own children about financial literacy? Um, well, again, it, it was when they were pretty young. Um, and I tried the, the methods that were taught to me, you know, by just reading out of a book. Um, I mm -hmm. taught by um, just memorization drills. Uh, you know, I was very passionate and, and I had a lot of pain associated to money and resentment. So it was very important to me that they learned. So I kind of forced it on them. And regardless of how much I thought they, they absorbed the information, eventually I realized like none of it was being retained because it was just wasn't interesting to them. That's why I'm telling you I created a game and that's that's what I um I recommend other parents do. By all means, you know, you don't have to get my program, but if you do have a lesson you want to teach a child, you should teach it to them in a method that's going to resonate with a child. And games are one of those things that will like just do it the best because it's an indirect approach 
and you get them, you, you basically have their permission to teach them, you know, um, other than that, they lose interest and, uh, you know, it, it sets off all the, uh, the triggers in their brain, you know, they get a release of dopamine, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of science behind it. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to get into all that, but at the end of the day, you know, it's one of those things where if you think about the benefits of cognitive learning, there's no reason why you can't be able to teach your child whatever you want. And, um, you know, I say throw, throw money in there, throw, you know, throw investing anything that's dealing with wealth, because, um, again, they're going to, they're going to get a job eventually. So why not start them young? Besides games, what are some of the other ways to make this learning process fun for children? And does that change as they get older and their developmental um, stages change as well? Sure. Um, well, in the beginning, um, nothing is serious for them because they don't have any responsibilities. That's why I feel like you should throw the most at them when they're young. Uh, as far as other things they can do, you know, you could turn them into a little mini entrepreneurs. I'm recommending that you develop your child in such a way where they're groomed for entrepreneurship. So rather than teaching them purely about money, you should teach them about all the skills that's going to make them a better entrepreneur and it'll all tie into one another. So in terms of what they can do, I would recommend that they start volunteering for companies like nonprofits to help them raise money get them used to gathering, you know, people, get them used to speaking, get them used to negotiating, to selling, uh, you know, just to, you know, recruiting people, all the skills that are involved with entrepreneurship um, and, and basically putting themselves second and serving people. Um, I know it, this might sound like it's off the topic of money, but, you know, anybody that's a, that's a really good entrepreneur realizes that it's not just about the money, it's the skills that you need to be able to get people to do what you want them to do and inspiring people. So I know I'm throwing a lot at you right now, but at the end of the day, I'm sorry, I, I could go off at a, on a tangent at any given moment. No, I Bottom, love when people are, you know, people are passionate about what they're passionate about. And I love hearing that yeah, passion. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's hard for me to like simplify some things in terms of like public speaking. I mean, that's like a fear for everybody, mm -hmm. but but if you develop that at a young age, think about the type of entrepreneur you can be, you know, same thing with selling. Nobody wants to sell. But if you can, if you can get them doing that at an early age, that's huge. So, again, all these entrepreneurial skills will help them create wealth. And, um, you know, to me, it's not about teaching them how to save every penny and, uh, you know, focusing on compound interest, you know, that that's, I would rather let one of the other professionals promote that. I personally don't recommend it. I feel like they have every opportunity to invest all their time and learning into developing the skills that's going to make them a better entrepreneur. So when it comes time for them to actually build their own wealth, they'll be able to take all the skills that they had. They'll be able to like take an idea that came out of their mind and convert it into something huge. And this will happen because they've been so natural with the process. So I really think that if you teach them the strategy, the skills, the process, and you create a, a really good relationship with, you know, as far as like creating wealth and them not feeling bad about it, you're setting them up for like 
instant success. I don't see how it's going to ever backfire on you. Now, when we're talking about teaching entrepreneurship to kids, do you recommend that kids like actually try, you know, starting their own business or helping parents in, in a business that they might have? Or are we just talking about like hypothetical teaching them about entrepreneurship? I think you should go through phases, but I think it should be all three. I think mm. all three. I think the, fir the first one should be to work for other people. And again, that's why I say volunteer for nonprofits, mm -hmm. you know, like basically, you know, get them to help save the animals, <laughs> you know, they can, <laughs> you know, they can use all their, their childhood skills, you know, they can draw painting, you know, paintings, uh, you know, they can make little bracelets that say, you know, says whatever, whatever it is that deals with the donations, get them involved. You don't want them feeling like, um, too involved where like you know they're they're losing sleep but at the end of the day you know take a few hours out of every week and have it so that they know that they're on a mission to help save the animals you know and you know have them attend the little meetings and make them feel like a big person by them doing that they'll be able to not only develop skills but they'll learn a process and they'll be able to to create lasting relationships you know just if if a child filmed a couple of videos, let's say they're just doing it on the internet, they filled a couple of videos and they were solely responsible for raising $25,000. That's not a lot of money, but let's say they raised that much just from a couple of videos they made. Maybe they did a, a custom dance or a custom song or something to, to draw awareness to the cause. And although they didn't benefit from it, benefit from it monetarily, they, you know, they got to realize what they were able to do f with what they had. And what I'm saying is to take that experience and to c continue doing it over and over. Eventually, they'll get the formula. If mom and dad has a business of their own, of course, have the child jump in. You know, you don't want it to interfere with their schoolwork, but, you know, why not? You know, have it intertwined. And then after they've gathered all the you know, all the skills and resources from all these other places, these other institutions, why not, you know, have them open a little business. Um, it doesn't have to be something where they're trying to make a million bucks, you know, but it's like most entrepreneurs fail right off the gate anyway. So let them get the failing out of the way when the responsibility isn't at its highest. Th does that make sense? It does. It does. I guess my next question then would be, do you think that parents can or, or even should be teaching their children about financial management if they haven't yet worked through um, worked through maybe their money mindset and any like negative beliefs that they might have about money. Do you think that parents need to sort through that on their own first before they can start teaching their kids these skills? Absolutely. That's literally mm -hmm. like the entire premise of my new book. Literally, that's exactly what it's about. <laughs> That no, I mean you hit it off the off the park because some parents are doing so much damage to their children unconsciously. Mm -hmm. They they're not they, you know nobody does this. Never intentional. You yeah. love your ch never intentional, of course not. But you know you were raised by a couple of parents that may have had a bad you know uh, upbringing. And I'm not Amen. talking about the upbringing. I'm talking about the you know I'm talking about the um you know it just gets carried over. A lot yeah. of people call it a generational curse, but it's not a curse. All it is is just you're handing down a bad mindset. So like I said, well, you, you actually said it, you need to tackle it as an adult, as a parent, you need to tackle it yourself. That doesn't mean you have to create wealth. It doesn't mean you have to like 
go to all these courses, but you need to find out first what type of relationship you have with money. Like, you know, you need, you need to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with yourself. <laughs> and then once you figure that out, you'll know what to stop saying and what to start saying around them. And that's why I created a game that involves parents. Like it's, it, it's adult supervision is required. And it's because this is a family thing. You know, you could teach the child whatever you want, but if they go back home and the parent, you know, knocks it out, you know, just says, oh, forget about all that. that that's a scam or, you know, that's, you know, it, it's nonsense. Then the child's not going to be able to retain anything. So this is going to be a collective process of everybody getting comfortable um, with the subject. Um, a lot of people have like misconceptions about money, pain, uh, you know, contempt. I mean, just all types of stuff and they don't realize it. So there's a, that's why I'm writing a whole book on it. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not going to happen. You're not going to figure it all out from listening to one podcast, you know, or, or just, you know, having one conversation. You, you really have to almost inter interrogate yourself, you know, start asking yourself a lot of questions. Why do I feel like that? Why do I think like this? Where did this thought originate from? You know, and then you have to ask yourself, is this, is this, way of thinking going to lead me to to where i want to be you know where i want to go and um at the end of the day if it's not going to help you get there it's definitely not going to help your child you know so at the end of the day i feel like um you know you hit it right out the right out the park you know that was definitely it the answer is to work on yourself as an adult and then at minimum at least try to limit the negative talk <laughs> about money you know at least just stay quiet when it comes to it, when, when you're talking to your child about entrepreneurship, you know, you don't want to just overload them with doubt and fear and, and, you know, all these things that people tend to do, unfortunately. And when is your next book coming out? Um, well, man, I'm going to try my best to get it done by the end of this year. And it's just because I, I just started writing it the other day, but I write pretty fast oh. <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm passionate. Like I'll stay up until it's done. Like, that's just, just how it is. You know, I'm not like a, like a Robert Green that's going to take five years, you know, at the end of the day, once you find something you're passionate in, it's not that hard to be able to produce. You know, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they, they slack because they're, they're not in alignment with what they truly love. And, you know, some people just, they stay in a certain lane because it's what gets the bills paid, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, I'm knee deep in my passion right now, you know, so I'm able to like, uh, you know, pump out book after book. Well, my last question for you then, Ivan, what, what advice do you have for parents or future parents even, you know, who want to start thinking about this early? What advice do you have for parents um, to break those generational curses and, you know, instead work on passing down generational wealth for their children in the future? Uh, no, no. It's a great question. Um, the first thing is to find out what type of relationship you have with money. Uh, the second is if you're married, if you're raising you know, your child with, with a spouse, find out what type of relationship they have with money. Because if you guys are the opposite from one another, you're going to constantly clash. So that's the first thing. Find out the relationship. If it's a, a, a negative one, work on fixing it. You know, there's no, you're, you're, you're never going to amass wealth if you have a bad relationship, because what's going to happen is every time you start getting close, you start to like self-sabotage 
And that's what my book is about. You know, it's about showing all the stuff that happens when you're not in tuned with, with something. Um, so again, find a relationship, fix it, get your partner on board, and then you want to get the family involved. Um, obviously you want to have the children a part of the idea, a part of the dream, and you want to get them feeling like they're actually contributing. And this is not an overnight thing, you know, generational wealth. I mean, shoot, if you really think about it, it might not even be something that you're around experience. You might just be the person that sets it up for the next generation. That's, that's how selfless you have to be. And you have to realize that there is some sacrifice involved. So at the end of the day, like I said, find a relationship, fix it, get your partner involved and teach a little bit to your children every single day. And eventually it'll all come together. Um, I, you know, I, I think that's the best place to start. And um, lastly, I just want to say, don't rely on the school system or anybody else to teach your child this information. Okay. Because if it was being taught, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in now as a country, you know, everyone, there wouldn't be all this student loan debt and, you know, unemployment and all this stuff. So it's up to you as a parent to do what it takes to learn what you need to learn and teach it to your children and make it fun, make it super fun so that they don't feel like it's a chore. Uh, if you do that, I think, uh, you, you know, you'll have a good shot at creating wealth and get, get them a mentor. That's another thing. Get them a mentor early on. I love it. That is perfect advice. And where can we go to, uh, to learn more about you, to buy your course, um, to buy your books and, and follow your journey? Uh, thanks, Kelly. Yeah. So you can get it all on my website. Uh, it's headstart, the number two riches.com headstart, the number two riches.com. You'll actually get a free copy of my ebook, um, by just going on there, putting your email address. So, um, that's a great place to start. And by all means, you know, I'm available. You know, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook. It's all at the same uh, name, headstarttoriches.com. Um, but I, I hope that helps. And, um, you know, the book is a short read. It's only like 188 pages, but it's written in such a way where it's like a dialogue between you and another person. So if you are interested in creating generational wealth, download the book and read it. You know, it's like it's a no brainer definitely the place to start. Perfect. Well, Ivan, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope that just from this one episode, we can get maybe a few dozen or even a few hundred people thinking and, and teaching their children and really changing the path of their families for generations to come. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kelly, for having me on. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap. Now it's time to take action. If the phrase money mindset is new to you, Start by asking yourself one positive and one negative belief you have about money and where that belief comes from. For further impact, check out Ivan's work and start teaching the children in your life about financial literacy today. I'll be back next week with an episode about tiny home living and how to practice sustainability in a small space. Remember, knowledge is power, so if you learned something from today's episode, Share it with someone you know who'd also benefit from this free resource. If you share the podcast on social media, don't forget to tag and follow us at Hippie Haven Shop, or my personal Instagram is at hippie.ceo. This podcast is produced with the help of my communications coordinator, Ray Lynn, who also helps produce our Hippie Haven YouTube channel. 
Subscribe to us on YouTube to see more behind the scenes at our zero waste company. You can also support our environmental advocacy work here at Hippie Haven by leaving a review for this podcast in whichever app you're using to listen, or buy us a virtual cup of coffee to keep us going. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash hippie haven to support our work. Thank you so much for spending this time with me, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.